Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Hey, thanks for tuning in to I Work For Wow, I Work For Him. I'm so excited. I can't even get my lips to work right today. We're excited. It's the weekend. It's Friday afternoon. There's so many great things going on all over the country. Today, we take a short jaunt over to Jacksonville, Florida, to hear about some incredible things going on over there. But before we go to Jacksonville, just wanted you guys to just, we'd love to have you guys visit us on the web. Yeah, so, you know, we've done a lot of things on the um, our website recently, which is iworkforhim.com, and that's just the number, I, I work the number for him.com. And um, just check it out. We've got pictures where you can see Jim and I. Our Facebook feed is there. But most importantly, we're giving you resources so that you can um, maybe listen to a past show that, talked with somebody that you may wanted you missed it you heard about it was going to happen but didn't get a chance to or um, to just learn more about the mission of i work for him the maybe the i work for him nation you've heard us talk about that and you're curious you can read more about that um, but we hope that they'll everybody that's listening will find something there that that can be useful to them however you're listening to us today whether it's live radio in jacksonville or tampa or st augustine or folkston georgia or maybe later on in Carrollton, georgia jasper florida however you're hearing us maybe it's iheart radio and you're all over the world or maybe it's the podcast just know we've prayed for you we pray for us at the same time that something we say today will cause you to dig deeper into your faith into connecting what you hear on sunday with what you do in your nine to five you know hopefully you've noticed that the last couple of weeks we've highlighted quite a few ministries in jacksonville florida as we broadcast mm-hmm. out there 10 times a week and we just wanted to introduce you to a different part of the country and what god is doing in that part of the country specifically first up on the show today is tammy mclafferty with lifework leadership jacksonville we do you hear the stories that, uh, about what god is doing with them tammy mclafferty welcome to i work for him hey guys how are you good we're, thanks for joining us yes we're, we're so excited we're so excited to hear about what's going on with lifework leadership there in jacksonville why don't you just start off though tammy just tell them Telling us how you came to be a Christ follower. Um, Thankfully. I mean, I have a great story. I was blessed to be raised in an amazing godly home. Um, I have great parents. I always tease. I think they have a more interesting story than me. Um, They, you know, grew up a little differently. Um, My dad was in a gang, and, um, you know, they had an abusive relationship. Um, but through a death of a relative, the gospel was presented, and my parents came to know the Lord. So I was fortunate enough to just be raised in that environment um, and blessed to have great parents. Mm. Yeah, that is very cool. And, you know, people say, well, my story's not very cool. It doesn't have, I mean, like, no, that's the best story. Yeah. You can grow up in a, <laughs> but I you don't, I you don't have any of the, have my story. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> that's exactly right. You don't want to have to share all the junk because all that junk sits with you forever. So, Tammy, how did you learn to connect your faith and your work? Well, again, both my parents were hardworking people, so I saw it demonstrated throughout my childhood throughout my childhood, you know, grew up in Pittsburgh, and so my dad worked in a steel mill, so hard labor, hard work. My mom worked in a grocery store for most of her life, um, you know, so just saw that demonstrated with them. They loved the Lord. They worked hard, 
but for me personally, I think I came to a better understanding of my work in faith um, when I had my first child. So I had been teaching. That was what I felt I was called to do. I was a teacher at a public school teaching third grade. Mm. And um, I started having kids. And, you know, there's kind of this thinking that because I had kids, I needed to give up my job and stay with my kids. And I really wrestled with that because I loved my work. I loved what I did. I felt called to do it and uh, really started wrestling with that and, you know, went to the Lord and said, okay, Lord, I, I think I can do both. I think I can be an amazing mom, a godly wife, a godly mother, and a great worker. And, you know, if I'm going to navigate these waters, I need your help. I need you to show me how to do this. And anytime we ask the Lord, He shows up. Uh, so He did. He, he challenged us, and He um, pushed us in a direction, actually, to start a daycare, which was not on my radar. But once I had kids, I had to start looking for a place to put my kids so I could go back to work. And I quickly realized that in our area, there was nothing that met my needs. Um, you know, I always say there was great centers that were state licensed, and they, you know, ticked the academic box but then they didn't tick my faith box. And then there were mm. ones that were faith-based that I felt like these sweet grandmas would be loving on them and singing Jesus Loves Me, but they didn't have the academic piece. And, you know, I went back to the Lord, and I said, Hey, Lord, listen, I, I, I don't want to compromise. I want something that's quality on every level. And so he put us to task. So my husband and I started a daycare center, um, the Sycamore Center up in Pennsylvania. And uh, really, that's where he started growing my faith and work because he was like here I've given you this now you know use it for my glory and we worked hard and hopefully you know was able to bring the Lord some glory through that mm. so that brings you to today Tammy where you um, are in a different role so you made that connection while you guys were starting that um, daycare environment but then now you are doing something that looks very different than that at the First Coast Life Work Leadership. Tell us about that. Yeah, so, you know, life is a journey with the Lord, and we, we took that on and, and were able to, you know, raise our three children with that school, and I was able to work and be with my kids. And um, honestly, what brought us even to this point was we had the opportunity to go back to seminary, both my husband and I. And um, there was a seminary in Jacksonville, Florida at the time that did this one-year intensive program. And uh, we were just fortunate enough that we said we were going to come down and take a year and spend it with the kids and still run the business, but um, go back to seminary. And that's what got us to Jacksonville. Hmm. And most people who come to Jacksonville, they fall in love with it. It's just the greatest city. And uh, so we were here, and we did seminary for a year, both my husband and I. And we finished that and thought we were going to head back to Pittsburgh, which is where we were from, where our business was. And uh, we did for eight months, and we lasted one more winter. And we were like, we're out, we're done. So we moved back to Jacksonville permanently, and this was in 2010, um, which ultimately we had to sell the business. And so that put us back to, you know, doing our work, just what, you know, we were we were able to do. So I went back into teaching, and my husband went back into physical therapy, and um, I ended up having the opportunity to go back for my doctorate, which that allowed me then to get into the college level, and I started teaching at a college and became the director of a university. And then that is what I had been doing for the last several years um, until the Lord, you know, tapped on my heart again and just started stirring in my soul that I needed to be doing something 
honestly, that just required a little bit more faith on my part, something that really stretched me. And um, so I resigned from that position that I thought was going to be the position I would be in forever and waited on the Lord. And uh, in two days, two days after my resignation, um, my husband walked out of the bedroom and said, hey, you know, Tammy, I think I found your dream job. <laughs> and uh, he had read the job description for LifeWork Leadership. And, you know, they were looking for a new executive director. And, um, you know, they said they were looking for somebody that had some teaching experience, some business experience some ministry experience and some leadership experience and you know life work leadership is about incorporating your work and your faith and you know i read that job description and it was like you know my aha moment i was like this is what god has called me for all these things i've been doing all this education and all these experiences have led to this and uh so I was very blessed to start as the new executive director of life work leadership in july of last year and that's right there in Jacksonville where you can find it online at lifeworkleadershipjacks.org. Tammy, what, before we go to the break, just tell people how they can get involved. Obviously, they can go on the website, lifeworkleadershipjacks.org, but how often, I mean, how do people, like, when they sign up to get involved with LifeWork Leadership, what are they signing up for? Yeah, so LifeWork Leadership is about a nine-month journey, um, we call it, that we take people on, business leaders here in Jacksonville, uh, really to look at the leadership of Jesus Christ. You know, we see how he took 12 men and he poured into them and he trained them and he sent them out. And those 12 men changed the world as we know it. And those were business leaders. I mean, those were fishermen, those were doctors, those were tent makers, those were, you know, he worked with the tax collectors. I mean, he worked in the business community mm-hmm. and it was in those people that he sent out and changed the world. And so we really look at how... Jesus led those 12 and what he poured into them. And we take you on this nine-month journey of looking at Jesus' leadership characteristics, and we break them down every month. Tammy McClafferty, the executive director from LifeWork Leadership there. First Coast LifeWork Leadership, and it's lifeworkleadershipjacks.org. Tammy, what kind of things, you mentioned right before the break, and we ran you out of time, you know, that it's a <laughs> nine-month commitment. Somebody gets involved with LifeWork Leadership, and it's a nine-month commitment, and you teach them nine leadership principles that Jesus demonstrated. Is that what you said? Correct, yes. Okay, so in that nine months, so you've got a group going on right now, right? When did they last? How many groups do you have going on at one time? Uh, currently, we have one class going on, and they typically start in October, and okay. then we finish that journey in May. Uh, so you one at a time. So they're finishing in May. So we're talking to people. If somebody, they can't just jump in right now in the middle, right? They wouldn't. It wouldn't work. Correct. Uh, well, although, actually, this year we are um, allowing that. In the past, it's been something you had to start in October and finish in May. Um, but we found people were wanting to get in the middle of the year, and so um, we have allowed that. So you could get involved in the middle of it. Um, the classes will still run, you know, October through May. But if you begin now, you would do a couple classes now and then finish the session next, you know, fall. Excellent. All right. So uh, you've been expecting how many people in a class at one time? Uh, we currently have about 41 in this class. Have you ever thought about doing two at one time? Is there enough people in Jacksonville to have two different ones going on at one time, or is that well, not? I what do you think? I would love that, and we have an affiliate city in South Africa that is doing that. They're running 80 participants, so they do two days, um, and they run it. So that is our goal. That is the future of life work in the First Coast. We're hoping mm. to get there. 
Well, and I love the fact, I mean, when we were up there, you were talking about how big Jacksonville is, and it's, and it's so spread out. We've got listeners in St. Augustine and Folkestone, Georgia, and everywhere all, all over that first coast area. How, mm-hmm. I mean, and if somebody's going to do it, I mean, when they go to Life Work Leadership, is, is this an all-day thing, half-a-day thing? What, what's, what is it? Sure. We typically meet once a month. Um, we try to keep it right now the first Thursday of every month, and it's a half-a-day session. Um, so you come in at 7.30 in the morning. We have a great breakfast. Um, and then we have you out of there by 1230. Um, in each of those sessions, we look at a particular characteristic and we follow a, a pattern. We bring, um, you know, a person in that does what we call the Jesus journey, which is actually looking at the theology behind that particular characteristic. So our session is next Thursday and we're studying humility. And so we'll bring somebody in. Um, this time it's the Dean of Gordon Conwell and he'll talk about what God's Word says about humility. And we look at just the theology behind it. So each session we have that piece. And then we bring in a local case study. And this is somebody from the First Coast, somebody that is demonstrating that characteristic here in the First Coast. Um, So this time we have a gentleman named Wayne Brown who has the most amazing story you've ever heard. And he's going to be talking to us about how he got out of the drug industry. He was one of the largest drug dealers and how he got out of that and how God saved him and humbled him. And so we have a local story about that characteristic. And then finally, we bring in a national speaker who talks about that topic from a national perspective. Somebody who understands this particular characteristic, you know, humility, from a national level. This time we have um, radio celebrity and author Brant Hansen coming in to talk to us about humility and the book that he wrote with that called Unoffendable. It's amazing. So each session we bring you the theology piece, the local piece, how it impacts you here, and then the national piece of how it impacts you. So, Tammy, for people that are listening and they're intrigued by um, this concept, how uh, tell them who the perfect candidate might be for joining up with LifeWork Leadership. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, it was interesting today. I was just thinking about it. I had the opportunity just an hour ago to sit and have lunch with about 15 business leaders from here in Jacksonville. And today they spoke about a verse in Exodus with Moses and how God called Moses to go talk to Pharaoh. And he kind of protested three times. You know, the first time he's like, why me? And God says, I'm sending you. And then he says, well, who should I say sent me? And, you know, God says, tell him I am sent you. And then his third protest was, what if they don't believe me? And God said, use the stick in your hand. And we were talking about today at this lunch and how that stick in Moses' hand, he was a shepherd. That's what he did. It was his job. It was his mm-hmm. career. And God said, use that. And in and of itself, the stick itself is not powerful. But when you put God behind that stick, it changed Israel. It moved a nation. And really, that's what life work is looking for. It's looking for people who say, listen, I have a stick. And it might be in a law office. It might be I'm an entrepreneur or a teacher or a nurse or a CEO. But I have a stick that God's given me here in Jacksonville. And I want to put that power behind that stick to make a difference, to change the city for Jesus Christ. So we're looking for people who have a stick, who say, listen, I'm where, I'm working, I've got my stick, and I want to put power behind that stick. That was a great analogy. I love that. Tammy mm-hmm. McClafferty, you were signed up to be a guest host on I Work For Him next time we need a guest host. <laughs> Absolutely got to do it. It wasn't me. I can't take credit. It was our leader today at our lunch. Yeah. Did it. It was yes, powerful. But, but you reproduced it. I like that. Okay, so 
Let's talk about results. I know you've only been involved for about a year, but LifeWork Leadership has been in, in, on the First Coast for a very long time. What kind? When you talk to alumni that have gone through mm-hmm. LifeWork Leadership, what kind of results are you seeing? How is what they're learning there impacting their faith and their work? That has to be my favorite part of this job, is I get to sit every day with people who have gone through LifeWork and who are you know, applying the lessons back in their job, and they're seeing it make a difference. There's so many stories. You can go on our website and see them. We have testimonials. But people who were moved by God through life work, and he said, okay, I'm going to, um, you know, I went to the generosity session, and I realized that I should be giving my staff more vacation days. And they've implemented a new HR policy to be more generous with their staff. Hmm. To somebody who says, listen, I realize I have not been showing compassion to my wife. And ultimately, we know that if you have a good marriage, you're going to be more productive in your business. So this person came out of it, and their their note to self was, I'm going to show more compassion to my marriage, and I'm going to change my marriage. And we have seen people who have left their jobs and started new businesses. We had just a, a graduate from last year who was a lawyer and left her job to start a nonprofit helping people here in the city who need legal counsel and can't afford it. Um, We have seen people who have left as CEOs of companies to start businesses because they heard God, you know, during a life work session say, move in this direction. And, um, you know, we now here in Jacksonville have over 300 what we call alumni, you know, graduates, people that we celebrated that have finished life work who are doing Bible studies all over the city and meeting with each other and holding each other accountable. And and it's starting to see, we're starting to see the ripples, we're starting to see the impact in the city, which for me is such a blessing to hear. Truth. So, so do you ever hear from people that says, hey, I've been hearing about this life work leadership thing, I keep hearing about it. Do you ever hear comments like that, people that are not alumni or graduates, but they're hearing about the impact it's making? Do you ever get to hear stories like that? We did, actually. Even today, just at the lunch, I had two people from this lunch come up to me and say, I just keep hearing about life work. I need to find out more about it. And here, one of these people has somebody at work that went through life work two years ago and has been telling this person that they need to get involved. And so, you know, we swapped business cards, and and we are seeing that. We are seeing our individual alumni and graduates go out and they're being better workers. They're better employees. They're offering, they're showing more integrity. They're increased volunteerism. They're serving. And people are asking why. And they're saying, it's life work. It's what I've learned at life work. So, Tammy, for those that are listening that may not be in the Jacksonville area, is this something that's only available for people in Jacksonville or are there other places where they could get involved? Sure. Good question. Uh, now, life work leadership is international, actually. We have affiliate cities all over the world. Um, so we here touch the first coast, but there is a life work leadership Orlando, a life work leadership South Florida. There's a life work leadership Cleveland. There's a life work leadership Alabama. They're all over. And then we even have gone international. So we have life work leadership South Africa and Nairobi and Beijing, and there are affiliate cities all over. Mm. When you look at the impact on you personally in just one year, leading LifeWork Leadership on the First Coast, where people can find out more about it online at lifeworkleadershipjacks.org. Tammy McClafferty, how is leading LifeWork Leadership impacting you personally? Oh, my goodness. 
how many how many radio shows do we have, right? We only have you only um, got forty seconds. So there you go. <laughs> uh, immensely and honestly, it has been such a faith stretch for me. You know, sometimes I think we as Christians. You know, I had been teaching and doing education for so long, I felt like I could go to work with my eyes closed and was just doing the same thing day after day. And I asked the Lord to stretch me, and He did. He put me in an environment that made me uncomfortable for Him, which when we are in that position, it just requires faith, that mountain-moving faith. You know, every day I get up and say, all right, Lord, I cannot do this on my own. I was not from a corporate background. I have not had nonprofit experience. I don't know how to do this, but God... And that's where it's impacted me the most, is it has mm. made me fully, fully rely on Jesus Christ. That's fantastic. Tammy McClafferty with LifeWork Leadership on the First Coast, LifeWork Leadership, Jax.org. Thanks for being on I Work for Him this afternoon, Tammy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You bet. We'll see you soon. Next up on the show, back to the First Coast. Our brand new friend, Glenn Henderson, from the Potter's House International Ministry. This local church in Jacksonville is the first living, breathing local body of Christ that I work for him has found where a believer can't possibly enter the doors of the church without finding out that their calling is significant and that their work is a gift from God. Potter's House International Ministry owns strip malls and restaurants and bowling alleys. They employ people. They run businesses. Glenn Henderson, our guest, is the Marketplace Pastor at the Potter's House. Glenn Henderson, welcome to I Work For Him. Jim, thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you, and hello, Martha. Hello. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this, because we only have a half an hour, and people need to hear about what's going on. Talk to me, Glenn. What was the path that led you to becoming the Marketplace Minister at the Potter's House? Well, Jim, um, <laughs> it was a... Uh, a convergence, if you will, of my time in the uh, uh, ministry where I have been working with pastors and also businesses across the country. And then I had an opportunity to meet uh, Bishop Vaughn McLaughlin at, uh, at the Potter's House, and I learned that they were actually doing everything that I've been teaching about how the convergence of business and ministry is uh, one and the same, and we called it business street. And so mm-hmm. I've had the a great privilege of being able to uh, join up with uh, Bishop McLaughlin, and he uh, has been ordained as the Marketplace Pastor at the Potter's House. So what does that look like for you? What does Marketplace Pastor mean at the Potter's House? Well, um, we we believe that uh, Jesus had a call for everyone to be out and be meaningful in the marketplace, and so uh, to that end, we think that uh, as the Bible would uh, tell us that our lives, our faith, should be lived out in everything that we do. And so, what does it mean to love? What is it character, integrity? What does that actually look like if I'm serving somebody at a restaurant, if I'm sweeping toys, or if I'm the president of an organization? And so, uh, we believe the scripture has something to say about every area of life uh, and everything mm-hmm. that you do in the workplace. And of course, we call it the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So how does the Potter's House equip its people, um, the members of the body of the Potter's House, to better connect or even understand the connection between their faith and their work? Well, so uh, a number of ways. Aside from what we do, and I think it's being preached and taught from the pulpit, we have uh, a number of different, uh, I want to call it very intentional uh, tracks, if you will, and segments uh, 
for being as the marketplace pastor there. So we'll do seminars, we do workshops, we have classes, courses, and they really are, uh, Martha, designed to be very specific and intentional upon the pra- practical application of, of what faith looks like. And um, as Matthew 7 speaks about, the wise man puts these things to practice. And, and so what I do and what we do, I believe, as a ministry is demonstrate real practical application of the word becoming flesh not just studying it but what does it actually look like and of course in the marketplace in our day-to-day lives and that's so fabulous because i know um for any of our listeners who've listened for any amount of time they often hear me say so what does that look like when we're talking with somebody because i'm that kind of person i want to see you know how do i make it practical how do i apply this wonderful concept into my own personal life so you're giving them practical tools in order to be able to do that themselves absolutely one of the things that um that I have uh, learned over these many years and doing business with many Fortune 500 companies is uh, we call them, in just so in a pure business context, we call them case studies. And so whenever I would have to uh, go out and uh, try and win a bid with a Fortune 500 company, at times they would ask us, well, provide us some case studies. And those mm-hmm. case studies, uh, Martha, will be, there will be actual scenarios, if you will, where we may have gone in from and we were in logistics, so we would we would give them what the and there we would call it the crisis or what the problem was. Then we would tell them, and here's the solution. And these are the actual ABCs and the steps behind to which we would then provide the solution. And I think that that's the one thing that's really missing in the body of Christ is is left to so much interpretation. But Jesus didn't do that. If, if a study of scripture. Jesus was very, very specific at what our faith was to look like, and I'm going to use this term, in the marketplace or in mm-hmm. real life. Or what does it mean to love your neighbor? And he said, well, who's my neighbor? And then Jesus said, well, let me tell you who your neighbor is. And, and then he said, one person walked by, the other person did this, but then the other person bound the wounds. He actually put them up, I'm paraphrasing, put them up in a hotel, paid for his bill. So that would be what I what I characterize as a wonderful case study of what faith looks like in context of neighbor. And so we try to do these things in the marketplace. What does love look like? Integrity is in many things the scripture tells us that we ought to be doing with regard to our brothers in the marketplace. You know, Glenn, I love what you just described because I don't know if you followed, it's a play on words, but the Ark Encounter up in Cincinnati when they built Noah's Ark, they said, hey, they, they, at night they cast a huge rainbow on it to say, hey, they're taking back the rainbow. And, and next, in a week, Martha and I are going to do a show on alternative lifestyles. And what you just described was following Jesus, that is the ultimate alternative lifestyle. That too often we as Christ followers get sucked into the American dream, yet Jesus called us to an alternative lifestyle where where he wants to change the very way we think. And that's what you descri- just described there. And, and in those case studies, it gets people to be thinking about stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and I think it's fascinating, too, because uh, you look at and ask yourself and ourselves, how do we get, we as a culture, we as a country and people, how do we get to where we are and why there's so many different variations, interpretations, if you will, even of, even of the Word of God. And I think where we fail to do, and people tell me which is unique, 
I think uh, what we not only do at the Potter's House, but what people say what I've been doing in regards to teaching in the space of entrepreneurship marketplace is I've spent a great deal of time, as does our Bible, in word stories, pictures, parables, and Jesus to make sure as best as possible that we could give clear, concise, and I think uh, not left for interpretation. So Hmm. (laughs) when you read Scripture, people know exactly what Jesus was saying. That's why they wanted to kill him. He's the son of God, and he's making himself equal to God. And so in that regard, it wasn't left for interpretation, and I think that that's one of the things that uh, that we're called to do. And perhaps if we, uh, if we do that and join in as John 17 says, being as one, we can really make a difference on the planet. And I think that the marketplace, uh, which is no different as far as I'm concerned, is the church because we spend so much time in the um, workforce either managing people or being a worker, just a pure worker. So uh, in my mind, everybody falls into that category of being in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So we're talking today with um, Glenn Henderson, and he is actually has the title of Marketplace Minister at the Potter's House International Ministry in Jacksonville, Florida. And you can find him online at tphim.org. T-P-H-I-M, the Potter's House International Ministries.org. T-P-H-I-M.org. Okay, so I have to tell on myself real quick, Glenn. When we were getting a tour and we went by your coffee shop and I saw T-P-H-I-M, I said to Jim later, I said, oh, that must be like a Greek word for something. And then he's like, Honey, that's the initials of the ministry. So I was like, okay, I got it now. So I will never forget that, I promise. Um, she, she grew up in Illinois. It's okay. I'm, I'm simple. But one of the things you said at the beginning, when I asked you how you're equipping the people within your the um, the body at the Potter's House, you made a really amazing statement in the fact that you said, well, aside from what we're hearing from the pulpit from Bishop McLaughlin. So I just want to reiterate that because a lot of people are not even hearing it from the pulpit, let alone these extra things that you are able to provide for your people. So um I, I I don't know if you can maybe just share a little bit about how that works, where you have such an amazing connection where the people are hearing it in the pulpit and then you're walking it out in your extra workshops. Well, if we the Potter's House is a unique um, ministry in that uh, it is, and the man himself would tell you, and we're not building for the man, but but the bishop is certainly is uh, unique, and he has been uh, characterized as a pastorpreneur. He's received mm-hmm. so many different uh, recognitions as being uh, pastor, but also entrepreneur in that, as once again, the one being the same, teaching the principles. We, we speak, and what you hear from the pulpit is not more of the how-to, right. how to do this, how to do that, but it's the why. So right. why um, the blessings of God might follow, and that, once again, as you see, you see this and, and it's spoken of in Acts, that God gives his spirit to those who obey him. And so I've heard, even before I actually had the opportunity to meet the bishop, when I used to listen and stop in on Sundays, uh, his messages have always been designed around setting people free, 
giving sight to the blind, releasing the oppressed. And I said, wow, that's kind of interesting because that seems to be very consistent with the mission of Jesus when he said that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and he sent me and anointed me to preach the good news to the poor and anyone on the move forward to what those things were. And so um, we hear that, I think, as part of the DNA of the Potter's House, and then that really has become uh, Martha very specifically. I speak in all of the classes and places that I teach are more of the whys. Now, I do talk about the practical, either ABC and the, and the methodologies, but I really speak to the whys. Why, why something works as opposed to how? Because too frequently people, you give them keys to the car, and they just want to drive, but they don't understand the why behind it, or why you're doing a particular thing. Maybe that explains driving in Florida. Everybody just gives them the key and they just jump. <laughs> they don't know why. They have no idea why they're driving. <laughs> wow. All right, when we come oh. back, lots more with Glenn Henderson. Is it Marketplace Minister or Marketplace Pastor? Which one is it, Glenn? Well, uh, it's officially Marketplace Pastor at the Potter's House. Glenn, Potter's House has some amazing offshoot ministry ventures. I would call them businesses. Tell us what kind of business the church is involved in. Well, it's uh, quite a quite a diverse array of uh, activities. The, the, uh, and if I could, Jim, just one minute, because right before the break, you said something that I think is important, and, this, and I'll uh, bridge that to the okay. type of businesses that, that are there, but you had asked about title. And one of the things that we think is, is in the ministry of pastor, because oftentimes I just go by Glenn Hedgesley, because <laughs> one of the things that from the teachings that we try and, and impart to everyone is that um, your how how I manage the business and the things that uh, that God has given to me should, in fact, represent who I am uh, much more than just the title. And so too frequently people say, I'm this, I'm that, and then we don't see it in the businesses. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the, the thing that we try and, and teach the practical, that, we're, that my light should shine more than my title, that I'm salt and it's the business that God has given us. And so uh, bridge that then and answer your other question. That uh, So there's a diverse array of businesses that we have. There's a mall that the ministry owns. And in that mall, there's a bowling alley. And, and there's a number of different things in the uh, 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 business activity that we have. That it's all designed to employ and empower people and deal with what we characterize as systemic poverty so if we can put people to work let people birth their ideals there which oftentimes happen and then sometimes we may assist them and not only assist them financially but we assist them in their business plans etc and then we will help them by uh if they need space then they can get space there and is it discounted at times perhaps but the whole ideal is to farm businesses in the mall employ people and let them uh, work, and we hope see the vision that God has given them come to pass. So when people are in Jacksonville, where do they go to find all of these amazing ministries? Because in there, there was a there was a barber, there was an amazing soul food place, there was a gym, there was a, there was a, a bowling supply place, the bowling alley, there was, I'm trying to remember all the different stores, there was an amazing amount of stores in there. How? Where, what part of the 
Where can they find this in Jacksonville? So the the, the ministry and and all and these activities that that are, are described as a fifty one nineteen Normandy Boulevard. It's on the west side of Jacksonville. So we have the main sanctuary, which is there, and then and then just off of it is the um, is the business mall, so the Kingdom Plaza, and uh, within that Plaza Mall are many businesses um, that uh, the ministry has either spawned and or manages. And so it's a great opportunity that we try and provide. And, it, and it's been, a, uh, Jim and Mark, it's been a major impact. And I think very consistent with what you says again, a city on the hill. The mm. activities under roof that we believe is a marketplace and we believe is kingdom has really transformed the community. And this is the community, now we're saying it, but the community has said, because the Potter House has been here, our lives and community has changed. We've we've seen um, the hungry fed, the the naked clothed, uh, no less crime in the streets, drug dealers off the streets, all because the Potter's House has been there, as Scripture said, as a city on a hill. Hmm. I love that and I, I and and it's what an amazing amazing story the potter's house international ministries you can find them online at tphim.org we're talking with glenn henderson the marketplace pastor from the potter's house international ministries glenn you've got a passion as you described at a lunch we were at just recently you've got a passion for reaching the least of these and setting the captives free as you mentioned earlier but how do you connect marketplace ministry with this mission handed down to us by jesus well, um, first of all, and hopefully my passion is, is I spot on with the Scripture, and as I read from Genesis to Revelation, the heart of God has always been toward, uh, it's toward all people, of course, because God so loved the world that he gave his only son for the whole world. But there's, he's also seemed to have a, a, even more of a bent toward the, I, I characterize him as a half-dot for those who have the less fortunate. And so um, what I believe scripture and, and see that scripture clearly tells us is those of us who have have a responsibility toward i would once again say the have not and so uh, most of the teachings and most of what i work to do is help people understand and that gets to the wise why blessings follow uh, is when we find ourselves living toward the heart of god then, as Psalm 23 says, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And so my mission, as I say, to my purpose on the planet is I work with ministries and businesses, and therefore business street and marketplace is to convey the message of hope and convey the message that uh, that I believe is, is crystal clear in Scripture to all people that I come across with. How do you see the people in your church grasping that? You know, you've got the people that are running businesses right there in the mall. You get to see, talk to them all the time. But the people that are out there in the greater community, whether they're at the top of the chain in a business or, or they're the bottom serving the serving the top of the chain, how do you see them living out their faith in the workplace based on what they've been taught at, at being involved at church, at the Potter's House? How do you see them putting that into action? Well, um, once again, it's sort of what we spoke about earlier when I – of case studies, was really um, edifying to me is when you you can see in people's faces the bulb going off and they get the 
um, the proverbial aha moment, as, as it were, and especially in scenarios when you're speaking to people who may not have necessarily either arrived where they're trying to get to or have the things that necessarily that they're trying to get. And you find out that they're, um, when, you, when you read about Paul of Philippians, he said, I've learned the secret of being content. And in talking to folks in business, I speak to them oftentimes about don't worry about, which is biblical, <laughs> don't worry about the next business, the next opportunity. Be content and be everything that God wants you to be where you are. I have this uh, coin and saying, and it's in people's eyes when I say this, and I, and I tell them this, where you are is a direct reflection of where you are. And that almost sounds like a tongue twister, but it's <laughs> reminded me that God put, I'm where I am because this is exactly where God wants me to be. Mm. That is great. And, you know, a lot of us need to look at that. We need to look at our own lives and saying, where does God have me and what am I doing with it? So, Glenn, one of the questions I have is, you know, I'm hoping that we have listeners that are um, hearing what you're saying and getting a burning inside of themselves that says, this feels like something that I want to see happen in my area of the world, wherever they may be living. And what can you say to those listeners that maybe are feeling a little churning that God's saying, there is something more that I want you to do in the area of connecting the church with this understanding of um, what their, what their you know, participants um, are doing on a daily basis? So are there other churches like yours, Glenn? Well, um, and to, so, so to summarize it, I, there are, we would like to think that there are many and everyone that would like one another that is all Christ church. But, but the work that I found that we are doing here in Jacksonville is very much unique. And uh, so we have people that travel all around the world. They come in and ask us, mm-hmm. once again, how are you doing? And they want to see it. So, uh, sure. Think that it's, it's a unique scenario that we're doing here. We're hoping that we can continue to teach folks. Yeah, we got to multiply. We got to multiply. Glenn Henderson, Marketplace Pastor with the Potter Sauce International Ministry. Thanks for being an I Work Friend this afternoon, Glenn. Thanks, Glenn. It's been my honor. We'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. All right. Make sure you check them out online at tphim.org, the Potter's House International Ministry in Jacksonville. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace. It's our mission field, but ultimately, I I Work work For for Him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at iworkforhim to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at iworkforhim and online iworkforhim.com. I work the number number four, him.com.